Please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, beginning at verse 2, and then verses 6 and 7. It can be found on page 665 of the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, the prophet Isaiah foretells of a coming king, descended from David, whose kingdom will be everlasting. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this day onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, and it can be found on page 62 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, we hear about the birth of Jesus and the angelic announcements to the shepherds who go to visit him. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what they had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Thank you, Rachel. Shall we pray together? Come, Lord Jesus, born for our salvation. Come and be born anew in each one of us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let me tell you a true story. This happened last Sunday morning, just after the the carol service. And I'm stood at the door over there, and I'm kind of looking at my watch, because I've got to get to to St. George's by a certain time. And there's a a couple there. There's a couple I know, and he's been quite ill with, with cancer. Over, over recent months. So I haven't seen him that much. So I want to go and just see how he is, say hello to him. And I notice that they're chatting to this other couple. And I, and I look at this couple and they look a bit vaguely familiar. And I say, oh, who are you? To which the, the woman replies, I'm your optician. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does practice in Goree. And obviously I haven't been there that often. But there we go. Please don't forget us at Christmas. Those were the words of Alina Zelenska, broadcast on Radio 4 in late November when she visited London. She would go on to say, this is the war of opposing worldviews. It's a fight for the truth and human values. We do hope the approaching season of Christmas doesn't make you forget about our tragedy and get used to our suffering. I was very struck when she said those words that I've kind of used them as a bit of a theme in some of the Christmas services here. Perhaps no more do we see the opposite values played out in that war, in the celebration of Christmas. On one side, there is a country where Christmas is celebrated twice in a year, attacked by a country where Christmas has lost all meaning. Ukraine happens to be the most Christian nation in Europe, honouring to its historically rich Eastern and Western Christian cultures, with the celebration of the nativity scene that you see as we came into the church being a manifestation of Ukrainian identity. In any year across the country there, normally from the cities of Lviv in the west, Kiev in the centre and Kharkiv in the east, and the countless towns and villages in between. Crowds would gather this night and tomorrow, in the city, in the town and village squares, and then move from house to house, carol singing. Yet paradoxically, this year, to quote C.S. Lewis from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, Ukraine may feel more like Narnia, where it is always winter and never Christmas. I think when it comes to it, My favourite Christmas film is The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. In part because it shows us how we can't separate the Christmas and the Easter story. Perhaps never more has Ukraine needed 
those Christmas presents given to Peter, Susan and Lucy by Father Christmas. The sword and the shield, the bow and arrow and the healing elixir. And of course, to hear the roar of Aslan. You see, those weapons were given not as toys, but as tools, a symbol of their assigned mission of the battleground of evil in order that they might join one of the army who came to the earth disguised as a child so that even the world's longest winter would be left without Christmas. Of course, if we know the story, we will know that there were four Pevensey children, Peter, Susan, Edmund and Lucy. Yet only three receive presents. Edmund at this stage had been caught kind of like in the white witch's spell. If you like, he'd been naughty and not present for that visit of Father Christmas. I wonder how many times we've heard as children these words. How many times as adults we might have said these words. Be good, otherwise Father Christmas won't come. Yet in the story of the four children, it's Edmund who paradoxically receives the best present. Why? Because he was the one who'd succumbed to the white witch's spell. It was him who was meant to be killed. Yet it's Aslan the lion who offers his own life and dies in Edmund's place to free him from that curse. The Easter story. That's why Edmund receives the best gift ever. As some of us will know in the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis created Aslan to represent Jesus Christ. So that in some way they might know him in Narnia, but also know him better when they return to this earth. In the Christmas story, we read how the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds, the reason why Jesus Christ is the best gift we can ever receive. To you is born this day in the city of David, a saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. Firstly, the reason Jesus Christ is the greatest gift we can receive is because he's a practical gift. He's the gift we all need. Because the Christmas story reminds us, as I reminded the nativity service earlier on, that we are all messy and why Jesus, our saviour, came. That's why we need a saviour. As someone once said, at the heart of the human problem, it's the problem of the human heart. Or as in the land of Narnia, frozen in winter for a hundred years by the white witch, It's so easy for us to fall under the influence of evil and become spiritually frozen. Yet in that bitter winter, God intervenes and Jesus saves us by dying for us on the cross. The reason Jesus Christ is the greatest gift we can ever receive at Christmas is not just because he's a practical gift, he's also a permanent gift. You see, Jesus is the gift, isn't he, that never ends. He keeps on giving. You see, with the presents that we might receive later tomorrow, they'll all have a shelf life, won't they? They won't last forever. The guarantee will run out. The toy 
Maybe we're not too old to get a toy will break. The experience will have a used by date. The clothes will fade in fashion or shrink or will convince ourselves they have. Even the money will one day be worthless. Yet the gift of this baby, Jesus Christ, coming to us is permanent. It lasts forever. In the words of C.S. Lewis in the final Chronicle of Narnia series, it takes us to a place where every day is better than the one before. The reason Jesus Christ is the greatest gift we can ever receive is because he's a practical gift. He's a permanent gift. He's also, though, a purchased gift. I wonder if this might happen to you. Maybe later. Perhaps as you open a gift, maybe from someone special or maybe not. And when you open it, there'll be this moment when maybe the heart will stop and the jaw will drop. And you might say, you got this for me. Then again, there might not be that moment. But I received such a gift on Wednesday in, in the post. It kind of came like this. It came in a tube. I wasn't expecting it. And so I looked at this tube. It was addressed to me. So that was good, first of all. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if it's a bottle of alcohol for the teetotal vicar. That's good, isn't it? Basically. So, hmm, shaked a bit. No, definitely not a bottle. You want to know what's in here now, don't you? Well, let's... So I got it out and I thought, oh, what's this? And then I thought, hmm. You know, sometimes you can get those fancy coffee capsules. You know, I've seen them in boxes like this and I was thinking, oh, that's great. Someone's got me some coffee capsules for the vicar that doesn't drink coffee either. This is not very good at all. And so I decided to open it. And when I opened it, it was just like one of those moments where my kind of heart stopped, the jaw dropped, because it said, a gift for you. And it says this, thank you for your ministry throughout 2022, which we very much value. This comes with our love and blessings for a very happy Christmas, signed the bishops. You know, I've been a priest for 16 years all over the place, and I've never got a Christmas present from a bishop before. And there's six chocolate brownies in here, made from somewhere in Weymouth. So you know what I said to the kids? And to George, I said, it says to me, maybe I need to learn something about greed as well and giving, but we'll leave that from there. You know, that was just a simple gift, just one that I just wasn't expecting. You know, the Bible describes Jesus Christ as the gift to us that's too wonderful for words. Kind of like, it's that good that words can't describe it. There's a joy that comes from it, kind of like what Edmund felt in the Chronicles of Narnia or the great German Reformation theologian Martin Luther said, the joy when you feel, when you know this present, would literally make your body explode. It takes your breath away when you realize the significance of Jesus dying for you to free us from that curse of sin. The gift of Jesus Christ is the greatest gift we can receive at Christmas because it's a practical gift. It's a permanent gift. It's as well a purchase gift. And finally, it's a personal gift. Once again, I don't know if this might happen to you, 
later on, that you'll receive one of those gifts once more. Maybe your heart will stop, your draw will drop. And you might say these words, how did you know? How did you know that that was exactly what I wanted? You see, God knew exactly what we all needed. Because our greatest gift in life is to know a saviour. To you is born this day a saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. It kind of just leaves us with one question. What do we do about it? Or what are we going to do about it? Because you have to do something about it. There becomes a this day. You see, I have here a gift card. You see, every year, you know, you might maybe receive one of these gift cards this year. There are 500 million pounds in gift cards not used every year in the kind of like the UK. They have an expiry date. And to receive the gift card, you have to cash it in, don't you? And it's kind of the same with the greatest gift of Christmas. It has an expiry date. Take up the gift of Jesus as your saviour like the shepherds did and believe in him. And so in the words of Father Christmas in the line, the witch and the wardrobe, Merry Christmas, long live the true king, the greatest gift we can receive. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.